Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton. And I'm Brooke Beerhouse, sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when your sport ends. Hello and welcome to the podcast, When Your Sport Ends, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Here to bring you weekly conversations on a topic that most collegiate and professional athletes still struggle to discuss. I'm Brooke Beerhouse, alongside my thoughtful co-host, Don Sutton. We're glad you're here to be a part of this conversation with us as we continue to interview and talk about the many facets of being an athlete and how that shapes the rest of your life, even after the competition ends. This week, we had a conversation with Scott LaLiberty. Scott is the creator and founder of the website Competitor Shift a community for athletes transitioning out of collegiate and pro careers. Scott was a former Division I football player at the University of New Hampshire in the late 80s, which I mentioned the years because his relationship with football has had decades to evolve and create nuances. We discussed Scott's unique ability to help his daughter, a former NCAA soccer player, as she navigated the sport she loved after graduation, and her identity as a player on the field had shifted. We talk about the ways Competitor Shift has tackled these very relatable topics that we dive into on the podcast. We also talk about the spirit of an athlete and a competitor and how that never leaves you, but also the importance of balancing that part of yourself. It's a conversation that we really enjoyed being able to have and are excited to share with you. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know on Instagram at when your sport ends. I think both... Don and I, with starting this podcast, we wanted it to be more of a dialogue and a community sense for athletes out of their sport and in that transition. And once we saw your platform, we got really excited about being able to talk with you. So I think this will be a really great dialogue. If, if you could just tell us a little bit about Competitor Shift and we'll go on through there. Yeah, I mean, what brought you to that? So, sounds great. I mean, I had the same reaction uh, when you had first reached out and, and it's been nice to be able to connect with people uh, through Instagram and some other social media platforms. Um, you know, this is something for me, I'm, I'm a little further down the road uh, than you guys are. Uh, but, you know, for me, the, the motivation to start something like Competitor Shift has been around for a long time. Uh, you know, as a former college football player, I had my own experiences had a very positive experience uh, mm-hmm. coming out of coming out of college and, and with my college athletic uh, c- career. But like a lot of people, I came out and spent a lot of time trying different things in life after football uh, to, to try to fill that same void, and that same competitive nature and never really found it. Uh, so I kind of that was that was the first element of it. So I was struggling with that myself. The second piece for me, I, 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 I work in education. Uh, I was a, a teacher and a coach for a long time. I'm a, a school administrator now, but I did some academic work, you know, masters and postgrad in 
uh, in education. And one of the things that kind of came clear to me in that whole process was uh, so much of who we are as people, as adults, as human beings is formed in those early years when it, you know, whether you're talking about early formative, you know, cognitive development and social emotional experiences when you're in grade school, up through middle school, high school, right? it forms who we are as people. Uh, and when you grow up as an athlete and you kind of develop who you are as a person in that environment, it has to shape you. And, and so I thought about that a lot when I was a teacher to coach and, 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 and even as an educator, kind of put those two things together. The last piece that kind of brought competitor shift to be really was my daughter. Mm. Um, my daughter graduated uh, two and a half years ago from Bentley University, just outside of Boston. Uh, very good Division II uh, school, Northeast 10. Uh, she's a soccer player, uh, played her you know, played her, her different sports throughout high school and, and, but played college soccer and was a captain and had a really good experience herself and seeing her kind of go through that same thing for me brought it all together. And I kind of went, you know what, I, I got to do something about this. Uh, I've, I've got to, because I wanted her to have things uh, to help her through that piece of it that I didn't have. And the more like more of more of her friends that I talked to and her peer group and, you know, her boyfriend was a uh, former uh, hoop player at Harvard. So, he, you know, so they, a lot of a lot of athletes around us. So those three things kind of brought brought this whole thing to be. And it's been, you know, we're early on, but it, we're having a blast as forming up a group in a small community and trying to grow it. That's awesome. Um, I'm wondering, can you elaborate? Do you think, uh, there was a triggering point when just noticing your daughter, was she struggling with the transition or was there something that just kicked off in you and said, Hey, I think that this is a good idea. Yeah. You know, I think any parent has that kind of empathetic part of themselves where you see your, your child go through something that you've been through and it, and it yeah. kind of picks at you. You know, you you always want the best for your kids, but just seeing her senior day, seeing her even after graduation, and her sitting down and talking to me and just being like, "Dad, I really miss it." And you know, we talked about coaching. She 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 pursued coaching for a short time and just said, "It's not the same," you know. And and I said, "Yeah, yeah. no, it's not." So I think the empathy that came out of that, it might, that was what I really experienced that kind of became the trigger, you know, this parent stuff. That's interesting for me too, because, um, my mom was my coach for a long time. And even recently when she listened to the interview that we did for, um, where Don was interviewing me and we were having this conversation, she had mentioned it was hard for her to even listen to because, you're so close. It's almost like she went through it herself, you know, yep. with me because you're so tied into it and so close. Um, I think that's a really special dynamic that you get to have with your daughter too, because that's who else knows it better than someone who's gone through it. Was she open to having you as someone to talk to or did she, you know, struggle with trying to like explain exactly what's going on? Uh, I'm very fortunate. Um, my daughter and I have always been very close and, you know, having that 
that common athletic roots was something, even when she was still playing, that she would kind of seek me out about and say, hey, when you were playing, did you go through this or did you feel that? Or she had, she had at one point, she had an injury that she was trying to overcome. So we've always kind of had that relationship. And uh, I think her going through that only, only made us closer and, and made us be, be, both be able to relate to it. And then, you know, as, like I said, as the circle started to broaden a little bit and we, she got to talking to some of her friends about it. And I think she realized the same thing that a lot of us do, which is we might compete in different sports and we might be at different ages and stages of our lives. But in the final analysis, there are some things that we all have in common. It doesn't matter what sport you you might choose to compete or, or, or at what level. There are some pretty basic needs that are met by sports. There are some basic experiences, common experiences, a, a big win. You know, I mean, a big yeah. win has got to feel the same on the inside uh, to, to anybody, regardless of, of how they experience it. And I think she and I came to that conclusion. Some of her friends did. And, and, and that's, that's kind of what, what pushed this all off is that, you know, we can try to create an online community for people who have shared this experience and who, who get it, you know, when you, you can actually try to explain how much it hurts the first time you sit down and watch your sport on TV when you're not participating in it anymore. And you kind of, yeah, I don't really want to watch this. You know, you, you get that. Uh, people have been yeah, there. 100%. Yeah, you get it in ways that other people don't. Do you think having a positive experience with your college, uh, your own college experience, I should say, allowed you to be that kind of parent? I, I mean, I, I think it was really helpful for me personally to have had those those experiences. And I think, you know, it's another thing that we, we've we've touched upon with competitor shift was uh, the nature of endings, I think, was one of the posts that I did. And it was on the way in which your own experience, your own college experience ends, I think, has an impact on your outlook in life after sports. And I was fortunate. I kind of, you know, I hit the upper ends of my ability. Uh, I would have loved to play in the NFL, but I'm, I'm too small and too slow. And I knew that coming in. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was able to make my peace with the end of my playing career. And I think that probably was helpful as far as my relationship with, with her. Cause I felt like I did everything I could, um, you know, f- speaking in general, I, I think people who have different experiences, I, I know uh, good friends of mine whose career ended, um, ended uh, with injury, you know, some sort of a traumatic injury or maybe with a falling out with a coach or something like that, where there, there wasn't a conclusion to it. There wasn't a resolution to it. And, and I think that's harder. Uh, it's, it's a different experience because you walk away f- maybe not feeling as fulfilled uh, as somebody who had a positive experience. What was that like as a, a coach too? Because did you, t- did you coach high school um, football or were you? Yeah. You were. Okay. So yeah, I, I actually coached, I, I coached uh, football. I coached uh, girls basketball and track. Oh and, wow! And it was actually one of the, I did a post on, uh, on competitor shift about that. And, and I actually set up a, a, 
a survey trying to get people's feel for mm -hmm. that. Because one of the things that was interesting for me is I just kind of expected, okay, you're done playing, you get a coach now. You know, it was almost like the next step. Um, and when I, at my first year out of school, I was a grad assistant at, at a college because I thought I wanted to do that. Didn't really meet the need. Then I, I coached high school for a number of years. I loved working with kids and I loved having mm -hmm. that relationship with people, but it never, it was never the same for me. And, and I think, you know, my daughter actually, like I said, she coached for a year as well. And she kind of came to that same conclusion that it's totally different. You, you got to love coaching for coaching and you mm -hmm. can't necessarily look for coaching as a replacement for competition. Um, so I, I really enjoyed coaching, but I came to the conclusion pretty early on that uh, it wasn't the same. You, you can't really come in and, and think, okay, this is the next step in competition. Uh, you know, I, that was my experience. It had to be different. Uh, like I said, I did a post on it and it was kind of trying to figure out if other people had that same outlook, if they had that same experience. Did they? Uh, the pe uh, Most of the people that I either spoke to or heard from have said something pretty similar. Okay. Some people said, you know, it's still competitive and I, and I love it for what it is, but I think most particularly college athletes and or and or higher levels have said it, you just, it's not the same. You know, it's, oh. you, you do it for the ta the love of the game, but it, it's not the same. You can't equate the two experiences. Um, so. Yeah. I'm just curious. And did you have any um, collegiate coaches as well? Because I think that that's also an interesting aspect. I think of several college coach swimmers, all of them, like some of the some of the good ones, the really good ones, they all swam. They were all great swimmers, mm -hmm. and they somehow transitioned that into just being amazing coaches at a collegiate level. And I'm wondering if yeah. that's just a different level in itself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I have had a good fortune to talk to some some coaches at pretty high levels, and uh, some of them former teammates of mine, and that sort of thing. Um, and it, it, I think there's, there's a parallel experience to playing in college and coaching in college, or I think a lot of people that the people that I coached with and against in high school football, many of them were really good high school football players. Uh, it didn't always necessarily equate if you had somebody who was a really good college player or, you know, former NFL player or something, and they coach high school. It, it doesn't always equate because it, you really have to kind of adjust your expectations as far as kid skill level and, and your ability to teach them technique and, and strategy and that kind of thing. So, I, but I, to, you know, to your point, Don, I think a, a great college athlete can be absolutely become a great college coach. And I think some of the knowledge base that you build up competing at that level is, is helpful, even, even high school or, or lower. If you're a good teacher, you can you you can teach at a variety of levels. But but yeah, co college to college, that's that's really helpful. Do you think that competitor side is what initially draws people to coaching? I mean, I yeah, I coached right out of right out of college. It just mm -hmm. sounded, sounded like a natural thing. Um, I yeah. was doing it while I was getting a grad assistantship in fine well accounting, but. 
it's there was always that type of enjoyment associated with that swimming and seeing other people excel. do well excel yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah but it's one of those things mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that's what draws you to it you know mm-hmm. okay I, you know i'm i'm going to well you loved it to begin with so you want to be around the sport um you know i i've toyed with a couple of other you know i did a little bit with some you know, local broadcasting kind of things. Like maybe I'll stay connected that way. It's not the same. Yeah. When you're actually coaching, you're doing tactical stuff. You're doing training, you're using your background, your, 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 you know, if you're a, a college athlete, particularly if you're, you know, in a larger college or division one, you learn your sport, you learn the nuances of it and being able to pass that on uh, is a lot of fun. And, and it's, it's, it's really rewarding. It's, it's the upside of coaching. Uh, you know, the, the downside was, I, like I said, I, I can just remember, I remember my first season on the sideline. It killed me as I just, I bet. give me a helmet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got to go in. Um, so not being able to do it was the hard part, but, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a part, it's a part of the, a part of the makeup. With competitor shift, do you take um, like data at all? Or do you know the, in terms of the community that's in competitorship with you, what their jobs? I'm just curious what uh, like majority of athletes go into, whether that's right. high competitive, you know, um, careers still or or what that is. Right. We we haven't got that far down the road yet. I know yeah. a couple of other people that I have connected with do more of the statistical analysis stuff. We've actually been playing around with, with, uh, with different uh, surveys, but we're just in the early stages of that and really trying to build up uh, readership and, and that sort of thing to get more participation in those kind of things. But uh, no, it's, I've, I've had the same types of, of questions. Yeah. Uh, I know the people, uh, people that have been involved in helping me out. I know my daughter and a lot of her friends, uh, she's in, she works in PR and marketing and, and, uh, my, my, my wife's daughter is actually one of the people who her oldest daughter is the one who, uh, uh, built the website for me. So I've, I've had, we've made some connections with different people, uh, who have, you know, that kind of background and have been helping a, an old guy learn how to do things like <laughs> Instagram, but, uh, um, hey, you're good at it. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there. But, uh, but we're, um, as far as developing that community with a little more depth, that's part of what we're trying to do as far as reaching out to other, uh, other content creators and, and trying to uh, broaden uh, communications. Uh, it, it, it has been cool though. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have run into this as you've developed, uh, as you've developed the, pod, the podcast. Uh, there are way more people who are thinking about this and talking about yeah. it than I ever thought there were. And, and that's one of the cool parts about kind of diving into these waters. I, I, I have seen a few people on Instagram who are doing the statistical analysis, who are doing like career placement. Uh, there's some people who are focusing specifically on di- on dietary, uh, you know, dietitians who are talking about eating after you're done competing. And, you know, so it's kind of cool diving in on that and seeing these different people. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a, a little bit more aggressive, reach out to people. I'm not necessarily that that specific, but um, right. but like there there's a whole network of people who talk who, who do job placement for former athletes. I think it's awesome, you know. Yeah, I wish I 
I wish I would have listened to a dietitian right after college. I just kept eating. Like uh, everybody jokes about swimmers and how they eat all the oh time. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I, I kept lifting and I kept eating, and I gained a lot. <laughs> you know, a good amount of weight. <laughs> I, I I hear you. I hear you. You know, old offensive lineman. I used to have to eat to keep weight on, and then yeah, it was yeah. it was very soon after I went. Uh oh, hang on. You know, I got the speech from the doctor and I don't think I was even 30 yet. And then my doctor's like, cut it out. You know, you don't play anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I actually wrote, I, I did a blog post on that too, about things you got to think about. And I wasn't doing a workout routine or, or a diet or anything. But but what I was trying to write about was here are things I wish people had told me when I first got done. And, and one is definitely the nutritional piece, but little things like flexibility. You know, oh, yes. another one. Oh, of oh my goodness! You you don't even think I of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the weight training stuff. I for years after I got done playing, I used to lift weights the same way I lifted when I was training. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing pyramid sets. You're doing heavy weight. You're doing. I have no idea why. It was yeah. just how I knew right. how to train. Yeah. But now I think if if you're a young person and you're coming out, there are so many more resources after. For, for athletes who are coming out of their sport to be able to say, okay, you know what? Yeah. Maybe you were throwing around heavy weights to, 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 to develop the strength that was specific to your sport. Maybe yoga is a good idea for you now, <laughs> you know, yeah. get that flexibility, get the muscle mass down a little bit uh, and be happy and healthy. I was, um, when I was working in uh, Nairobi, I had like three weeks off and um, this is a couple years ago, but I remember I went into this Bikram hot yoga class and um, it turned out it was actually not supposed to be open to the public, but I went <laughs> with the um, Kenyan soccer team and they were all like their na- men's national team and yeah. they're in there and just like flexibility was a huge thing. And one of the guys was like, I hate doing this. And the other one was um, seeing how important it was for after because he was a coach. And so I got talking right. with uh, the coach after and he was like, yeah, when I, I was 18, when my sport ended, you know, I, uh, on the national team and stuff. And mm-hmm. then I got an injury and yoga has totally changed my life. And I, I took that to heart and I've been like practicing ever since. Yeah. Not yeah. every day, but pretty, pretty often. I, I, <laughs> my, my, my wife talked me into it and, and I went and I, I've been practicing for a couple of years now. Yeah. She, uh, it's, it, you feel great when you're done, but it's a totally different kind of workout. I've, I've been pushing my daughter to try it actually, but she, she hasn't caved yet, but there's time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's still got time. Yeah. yeah. Took me till about 26, 27. <laughs> hey, you're yep. doing it. When my, when my lower back started hurting. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll help. It'll help with that. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, one of the posts I did was on, um, was on, uh, imbalance. This is one of the things that really occurred, it really occurred to me looking into the physical side, but it also, it extends into other areas is in order for you, and I'll speak for myself, but I think this is probably true of most athletes in order for you to excel to a degree where you need to, in order to compete at the collegiate level and certainly, you know, pro and Olympic and beyond, Mm -hmm. you have to create an imbalance in your body. There have to be parts of your body that are stronger than maybe they were designed to be. And, and I think that part of that is why you see uh, 
you know, people take, I know, particularly in football, you see people take a beating. It's not always just from contact. Sometimes it's, you're putting stress on joints uh, that maybe those joints physiologically weren't designed to carry, but you, you need to do it in order to be competitive. And then what happens when it's over? Now we're just going to stop. And you don't necessarily, that's what we talk about, like the psychological and mental emotional parts of life after sport, but there's a physical part too. You know, I, I'm sure, you know, if you're, uh, you know, uh, my, my, I know my daughter went through this. I she, she'll kill me for saying this, but <laughs> I, I went through it too. Any sport like soccer or like football, you, you need to overdevelop your legs, yeah. your quads and your hamstrings, and your glutes and stuff. And she and I used to joke around about, she's like, dad, I can't find pants that fit, you know, right? and I would kind of laugh at her. That's, that's the part she's yeah. going to kill me about. But, but I know I went through the same I thing. Went through, though. No, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, but you got to yeah. have, you, you need that kind of leg strength and that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of mass to be able to do what, what's expected of you at, at a higher level of sport. And I can only imagine, you know, I, I've had some really cool opportunities to talk to some former Olympians and a couple of former pro athletes. It's only worse as you get, yeah. as you get higher up and, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what they had to go through. What's some advice for people who are still in college, but they know that transition is going to be approaching pretty soon. Do you have any, um, like some key points that you'd advise for them? I I think, you know, the one thing that I've used a lot and and talked about a lot and, and also in in the, in the blog, we've gone into it a little bit too. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to stay connected to your why to stay connected to what drives you to your motivation, right? If you think about it as an athlete, um, you can, you know, we all went through training camps. We all went through, you know, really intensive training. And there there are all times for every one of us where you're like, uh, this is just awful. I'm just going to quit. There was always a reason why you didn't. And that reason why, whatever it was, and it's personal for all of us, is is it becomes your your volition it becomes your the source of your will and um if you can stay connected to that piece whether it's the athletic piece life after the athletic piece it, it's a piece that you can carry with you um i had a really good experience my sophomore year in college we had a couple of our coaches uh put on uh, a mental conditioning course that they had gone mm-hmm. out and put together uh, and this is, this is like late eighties. So this is, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty advanced for back then, yeah. but that was the, the key to the whole thing was you've got to know what drives you. You got to know why you do what you do. If you know why, then you will be more creative. You will endure more. You will overcome things that might feel like they're insurmountable because you know why you're doing it. And it's such a simple concept, but you think about it, that's, what keeps us going in sports. That's what keeps us going when things hurt and you want to quit and you want to walk away. You know why you're not. And and I think that's probably one of the things that has served me well personally, but that I've also been able to pass on to some of the, some of the other kids, including my own daughter that we work with is I, I know why I'm doing this. And then I also know why I stopped. Mm. Um, that, you know, for yeah. me, like I said, I know 
would I have loved to have played? You know, I'm I'm from New England. I'm a Patriots fan, but yeah, you, you got you know, would I have loved to play for the Patriots? Sure, but I know why I didn't. And and I think for anyone going through that transition, if you had an injury, if you had mm-hmm. a difficult situation with a coach, if you got cut, hanging on to that and knowing why, all right, that's why it might stink and it might be frustrating, but I know why, you know, it wasn't within my control or the other side of it. I made a choice to walk away and I know why I made that choice to walk away. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So once you figure out that why and you gain that closure, you have any, um, I guess I'd be interested to hear you from going, you know, we've all been there two a days. Yeah. Keep the mentality to get through that. How do you funnel that energy into becoming, you're a superintendent, correct? Yep. How, how, did, how did that happen? You know, <laughs> you just like, yeah. School teacher to just than a, two a days and then, well, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because <laughs> definitely. It, it, it sounds like you'd always been in that education realm, right? right. You started right. thinking coaching and then um, I guess that had, you said it wasn't the same. And what yeah. led you to the education and then? What led you to knowing that that was going to be where you found that newfound passion? Um, you know, I I think initially what brought me in this direction was um, was the the athletic piece. It was you know what uh, I I live in this world. I I want to coach. I I want to teach. My my undergrad uh, degree was in English. Uh, I really like to write. Uh, and I, so it was a natural transition for me at that point in my life. But what happened was I sort of discovered the same type of, of drive or the same, it's a difficulty with complacency is what I've tried to explain to some people. You become a teacher and you go, yeah, this isn't it. I, 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 this isn't enough. I'm going to go into administration. I'm going to become a principal, which I did. And that was great. I had some cool experiences, had some, met some great people, but after a time it was like, yep, not quite good enough yet. And then so I'm going to move up. I'm going to become a curriculum coordinator. I'm going to become an assistant superintendent and now a superintendent. And I think that, you know, my, especially now my staff, I mean, it's a, I'm in Londonderry, New Hampshire. It's a large district for New Hampshire. We have about 4,300 students. Uh, we have about, about, about 750 staff total. And they laugh at me. I have, you know, a good relationship with, with our staff, our leadership team. But I say it to them all the time. I, I use, I use my, you know, my, my athletic roots, you know, those, those old phrases, you know, good enough isn't good enough. You know, we, we, let's go. We, let's go. We're, we're, we're a very good school district. We do a lot of good things for our students, but um, you, you learn along the way that a, a competitive drive and a, a need to find new, better, and, and more successful ways of doing things works, whether it's two a days and you're trying to make a team and then, you know, I remember as a freshman, I just want to make the travel team. And then it was, I want to move up in the depth chart. And it's, oh, right. I, now I want to be a starter, you know? Yeah. Um, 
it translates. Uh, th- there are a lot of similarities there, but it's about finding that finding that kind of fit. And I still, even now, I still have those days where I'm like, yeah, there, there's no more up for me, but maybe there's something different, you know, because you're always kind of looking at that and, and you find out about, you, you, you learn that about yourself. You know, as you said, Don, you find, you learn that about yourself in the middle of training camp. You might not realize it till you get a little older, but uh, that's, that's where it comes out. You ever find yourself in your entire career feeling like you're going too fast and you may, you might need to slow down, take a step back, maybe watch game build sport. <laughs> What is sport it? analysis yeah there absolutely have been those times um the that was why i, I mentioned earlier on that, that those two distinctions in the whole athlete versus competitor thing the second one that we talk about is um the idea of uh the distinction between being successful and feeling fulfilled uh, and yeah. sometimes they're the same thing, but sometimes they're completely different. And, and when you say that, Don, that's what that makes me think of, because there have been some times in my life where I can sit back and go, fairly successful guy. Do I feel completely fulfilled? Eh, not always. And I and, and I think as we were trying to put together the idea for competitor shift and as we were trying to, you know, create content to get it to get it up and running. That was that became a key, because in in my mind and in, in what we're trying to, in what the way we're trying to create the dialogue uh, for competitor shift, that the distinction lies in success for the most part is, dic- is is something that's dictated according to a scale that exists outside of us, right? Right. You become successful when other people look at you and say that guy's successful or that woman has done has done some very she's, she's very good. Yeah. Fulfillment in my mind is the exact same thing turned inside out. It's mm-hmm. when I do something that to me makes me feel complete or makes me feel like I've achieved something. Sometimes they're the same thing. You know, you might feel you hope for that. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe, if, you know, making money, like mm-hmm. making money can be really fulfilling. It can also pe- allow you to be perceived as being very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that aren't, you know, that aren't even close, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an easy example, but uh, I, I love to, uh, I love to paint. It's one of the things that you talk about taking nice. time out and breathing. I do. I paint. I'm not that good at it, but I like doing it. Uh, I remember uh, my, when my daughter was very young, she went through a phase, I think, most most kids do uh she loved dolphins and she wanted me to paint a mural on her wall of dolphins and i painted the dolphin mural on the wall and she was so excited she just sat there (laughs) and looked at it that felt awesome i was i felt so fulfilled by that painting a mural of these silly little dolphins on the wall on the other side of that i've also my wife is very encouraging uh, a couple of years ago, she talked me into going to an art festival and showing some of my work and trying to sell some. I think I, we sat there all day and I think I sold like two pieces and it was, you know, it was, it was not a successful financial yeah. day for us, but it's certainly, you know, so it was, I might have been for me, painting might be something that's really fulfilling 
maybe I'm not that successful a painter, but I, but I enjoyed doing it. So that's one thing where it could be a disconnect. Whereas something, like you said, if you're, if you're in a job and you, you make really good money and you love it, that's fulfilling and successful. Um, so, you know, for, for me, that's an important distinction for people as they move beyond sports. Yes. You, there are going to be things where you're going to want to strive to be successful, but I think it's important to keep those elements of your life that are where you say, this is, this is, this is for me. This is inside of me. This is something I want, I'm doing because I want to do it because it, it, it's part of the values that I have. It's part of, and it's, it's part of who I am as a person. So it's my yeah. philosophical uh, rant. Now the, the Japanese have something similar called Ikigai. Mm-hmm. I actually keep it on the back of my phone as a reminder. It just is essentially a Venn diagram of, I, you know, everything overlaps and you have do what you love, do what is impactful to the community, do what, makes yeah. you survive and yeah. there are a couple other things within it. Very cool. It's uh yeah. I think a big thing about that too, um, hearing you talk about the painting as well, I I feel like in my work too, once I started feeling fulfilled, it was because I got rid of my ego and was mm-hmm. like I had been chasing so much of that success for a while at the beginning and doing stories that would be more successful than fulfilling. And um yeah, and so I think that's a what that's was that a big term? too. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I was like yeah, it's uh, like gonna get into local news because I was like, I can't be chasing these. If it bleeds, it leads stories. He's like, say yeah. it again. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, I, I unfortunately <laughs> yeah. I I run into that a little bit in my day job. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it it you you got to be able to. Uh, you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and, uh, and, and, and maintain some integrity to who you are as a person that, you know, I think that's true of anyone, but, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, as you say, if you're thinking from an ego standpoint, but I don't know if you can be a competitive athlete without having a, at least fairly healthy self-esteem right. within the competitive realm, not always outside, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you, yeah, you'll do learn to, to kind of set that aside in life and, you know, maintain some humility and, and, and an inward focus. Well, we are super excited to be able to also share competitor shift. And if you want to say a little bit about that, how people can get involved in competitor shift or reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, we, well, you know, uh, it's competitorshift.com. Uh, it's the website where, that we kind of base everything around. Uh, as we know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on an, uh, an Instagram presence presence. It's just competitor shift, all lowercase, um, love to be able to connect with people. Uh, they can even email me directly at competitorshift at gmail.com. And, uh, it was, as I said, what we're really trying to do is get some good ideas, uh, as far as, uh, as far as content development, different activities that we can do, um, and, uh, things that we can do that will be meaningful to people as they try to move, move on and, and find that, that fulfilling, that fulfilling focused, uh, after they're done competing. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at when your sport ends. We post behind the scenes content and more videos of when we're recording. And it's always nice to hear what you have to say and what you think about for future episodes. If you have ideas for topics, let us know. We're listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.